0: Hey, you found us. This is a podcast of Carbon Valley Lutheran Church in Firestone, Colorado, just north of Denver. We here at CVL firmly believe that community is built, not found, that it's local, not virtual. So we encourage everyone to find a local church and help them build their community and be a service to them. With that said, we pray that these podcasts supplement and not replace your spiritual journey. If you'd like to learn more about us at CVL, you can check us out on Facebook or on the web at carbonchurch.com. Or even better, stop by in person. We worship at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. May the Lord bless your day. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, on this wonderful Saturday evening. I'm incredibly happy that you came out tonight uh, for our worship. We are in week number two of our Advent series turning the light on christmas and tonight here's what i want us to consider we're going to think about um and consider our use of our time john the baptist and isaiah really are going to direct us in that way but tonight that's what we're going to look at Uh, how do we use our time how does our creator use his time how did our savior use his time Um, and really what does that lead us to do within our within our christian living uh, there is a statue, uh, well, rather it's a fountain and it's a sculpture. It's about 125 feet long, called the Fountain of Time, and it's in Chicago, Illinois. Has any of you ever seen that sculpture? Okay, so the guy from Chicago has seen it. Okay, this is a picture of it here behind me. Um, it, it was... Uh, it was created uh, about the 1920s. It was actually dedicated about 1922. And um, sometimes I think colloquially is just called time. Um, and it's about 125 feet long, and you can get a little bit of a sense of it here. TJ, you can flip through to the next slide there. Um, you can see some of the pictures and some of the relief that are there. The sculptor for this uh, sculpture, for this fountain, his entire goal was to give uh, an accurate picture of the progression of living within our world. In fact, uh, he was inspired to uh, sculpt the sculpture of time by a poem, Uh, and the poem was from Austin Dobson. It goes like this. Time goes, you say? Ah, no, alas, time stays and we go. So that was the inspiration behind the fountain. Um, You can see some of the images there. TJ you can go to the next one, and over all of these images, and they are, are spanning the human existence. so it kind of starts with birth uh, and, and new life, and it moves on to, to images and scenes of, of war and conquest and government. Um, you'll see images within that found within that sculpture of, of people in love and, and husbands and wives and families. And eventually it ends with. Elderly figures stooped over in the end of their time. Now, the sculptor's point was to kind of lay out the picture of what it is for us to live, to exist in our world. And I think on that level, he does just that. Uh, if you've ever seen, or now you can take a vacation to Chicago and go check it out, it's, at, it's uh, in the, the Midway, did I say that right, Eric? Do they call it the Midway? Okay, anyway, it's a park in Chicago, south side of Chicago, I think. Um, The point is to consider our time on Earth by looking at that sculpture. And over the top of the whole thing stands Father Time. His back is to us, and so you can't see it, but he has has a scythe in his hand. Okay, so now how inspirational do you feel that sculpture is? Yeah, yeah, pretty awesome, right? Now, okay, on one level you might say, well, it's, it's realistic, right? Which it is, it's a realistic portrayal of our existence on this earth, that we are born and we have a limited amount of days this side of heaven. And so it's realistic, but I don't know how inspirational it is for each and every one of us. And probably depending on your mood, you're looking for one or the other. But tonight, that's what we want to consider. We want to ask ourselves, how do we use the time that God has given to us during our time of grace? How do we use the hours, the minutes, and the seconds that God has placed into our hands in our lives? That's what we want to look at tonight. And the prophet Isaiah is going to help us take a look at that. And I want to look at three different areas of time. We want to look at the creator of time, so why, why are we put in this structure of time? What purpose did God have? So we want to look at the creator of time. We want to look at how God used his time in our world and on our, on our earth. And lastly, we want to look at how do we use our time? The limited moments that we have in our lives and in our living for the people around us. So those are going to be the three areas that we're going to look at here tonight. Uh, You're welcome to follow along with me if you'd like. I'm gonna start out by reading for you verses one through three, and the prophet Isaiah kind of sets out, um, um, yeah, sets out the, the basis for what we're gonna be talking about here tonight. Beginning at verse one. Isaiah says, "'Comfort, comfort my people,' says your God. "'Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her "'that her hard service has been completed, "'that her sin has been paid for, as she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The prophet Isaiah, from our Old Testament reading tonight, speaks to us. And as is true with every single text that we look at on the pages of the Bible, they're written at a particular time and to a particular audience and, and quite often I'll lay that historical reality out for you and I think there is incredible benefit for us knowing that the words that we read at any given point from the pages of Scripture um, were not created were not spoken in a vacuum but they were spoken in time to real people with real issues just like you and I and so our text from Isaiah tonight which is the traditional reading for the second Sunday in Advent does that it was written by the prophet Isaiah but here's the really remarkable thing about scripture that as we open it as we read through the pages of scripture as we as we dig into our bibles god gives us multiple layers of impact that this doesn't just become a textbook that we read about a distant people in a diff- distant time that has no impact on you and i here today But what scripture really does, and we sometimes talk about that being living and breathing, that God speaks through his word, not only to Isaiah and the people he was preaching to, but to you and I here in Firestone on a Saturday evening. To do that, we've gotta kinda understand how God speaks across those ages. TJ, if you'll go to the next slide for me here. Uh, Have any of you ever been over to the Black Mesa near Gunnison? This is the Curricanti Recreation. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's remarkable. If you've never been to that part of Colorado, about five and a half hours half southwest of us here, it's just phenomenal, right? The topography of it all is just astounding. Um, I happen to go hunting near the Curricanti uh, area, near Gunnison each year. And this has happened for, I think, probably the last five to six years. Every single time I go as I'm driving, as you're going through all these switchbacks, I'll pull off the side of the road and I'll take a picture. And you know why? Because it's so beautiful. Because it's so astounding. Because you're driving in your car and you see these canyons upon canyons upon canyons and you see reservoirs and you see all the majesty, the natural beauty that God has laid out before you and you're taking these things in with your eyeballs. (laughs) So much so that you say, I've got to share it because there's so much beauty in it. There's so, it's so incredible, I've got to share it. So every single year, six years in a row, I've gotten out and I've taken pictures like this and I've got a newer iPhone, but every single year, the pictures that I take, when I look at them later on, are completely disappointing. Because the truth is, and you've probably experienced this, having traveled through the beautiful state in which we live, moments when your eyes can barely take in the beauty that you're looking at, and the scope, and the distance, and the size, and you take pictures of it, and you go home, and you show your loved ones, and they're like, meh, I guess, right? And you're like, no, you have it. but the reality of it is, you have to be there, don't you? You have to see it with your own eyes, don't you? You have to travel those canyons. You have to to, um, drive through those mountain peaks. You have to see that water. You have to experience. You have to bring it in with your own eyes because when it's just a flat image on a screen, it loses something. I think that can be a good illustration for us as we open up the pages of Scripture. We have to experience it. We have to be in it. We have to glean from, we have to go back to it time and time again. And the more we do, the more layers we are able to unfold. The more we see the beauty of our God on the pages of Scripture. Today, Isaiah starts us down that journey. And that's where we begin when we consider time. Because the creator of our world created time time and inserted himself into it. And so our opening text from Isaiah happened about 700 years before Jesus would be born. Before that first Christmas, before the birth of Christ, Isaiah wrote these words from the Old Testament reading for you and I here tonight. And on the pages of scripture, we talk about something we call prophetic perspective. That there are times when we'll see a mountain summit, or what we think it is, and as you hike towards it, you realize there's more beyond, and more beyond that, and even more beyond that. I think tonight our text is one of those times. When Isaiah comes to us, when Isaiah talks to his people in Israel, it's in a specific time at a moment, 700 years before Jesus was born. The Israelite people, both Israel and Judah in the South, had begun to be carted off to Babylon and enslaved there. They would last. They would be slaves in Babylon for 70 years. And so Isaiah comes to his people in his time. It may not have been a, a rented, borrowed church on a Saturday night at 4 p.m., but he goes to his people, a pastor of his people, and he says, this is what your God says to you, that your time will come to an end, that your 70 years will end. And yet... Isaiah's words weren't directed just to the people of Israel, but they foreshadow something even greater. In fact, you heard it in our Gospel text today, Isaiah talks about someone coming, a forerunner of a Savior, of a Messiah, and so Isaiah not only speaks to the people in Israel, and maybe he didn't even fully understand the depth and the magnificence of the prophecy that he was laying out for his people, but Isaiah speaks to them But then he also prophesies of John the Baptist. And our gospel text today shares the fulfillment of that prophecy. And then beyond that, he prophesies that a savior is indeed going to come. And you can even hear from Isaiah's words as we read through it. Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. In the the soaring words that Isaiah is using, you can hear and you can feel that he is describing something that is far beyond just his time and his people. And that's the reality of our scripture for tonight. Because Isaiah's prophecy meant for his people were also meant for John the Baptist, for Jesus' birth, and for you and I here on an Advent Saturday evening. And really that's the incredible beauty that we find on the pages of scripture. See, the creator of time places us and his written word into time. And he did that out of love for you and I. And so the question we ask then is how did God use his time that he created on our behalf? And we get a little sense of that from Isaiah once again. So verse eight says this, the grass grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of our God endures forever. It's a short verse, and there's kind of two halves to it, right? It's a singular verse out of that entire section, and yet it's got incredible depth, doesn't it? In the first half, the grass withers and the flowers fall. It's as though we were standing in front of that sculpture in Chicago. (laughs) It's kind of a stark reminder of our earthly lives, isn't it? That we have a definite beginning, we will have a definite end. That's what God is reminding us of. That in the end, our time on this earth is remarkably short. And I don't think that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. In fact, during this time of of our pandemic, um, I think maybe we consider time more closely than we have in the previous year. How are we using our time? Is it in a healthy way, is it in a harmful way? How can we use our time? We think about ah, the struggles and suffering, the pain that we have experienced maybe as a nation over the past eight months. And so if you're anything like me, maybe you're just a little bit fatigued. I'll just speak for myself. Um, I'm fatigued about this year, (laughs) kind of worn out. Like on some level, I want to fast forward to the the end, to to the point where we can get back to our normal living. And yet, even our fatigue and our desire to maybe get through all this is a good reminder that our moments on this earth are limited. But here's the beauty of the text that Isaiah brings out for us. Even though the moments of our living are limited, God's moments are eternal. The word of our God is endures forever." That is important not just for God Himself, but for you and I. And here's why. Because that Word, that God above, the Creator of time, looked down at our broken, fractured world and looked at our lives and decided to enter it. The Word endures forever. It reminds me of a passage from the Gospel of John. John speaks those almost identical words about Jesus and his birth and the reason why he came to earth. John 1, verses one through three. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. And so when Isaiah says the word of the Lord endures forever, do you know who he's talking about? He's talking about Jesus, the living word. He's talking about God, the creator of time, who decided to enter our time and our history. He's talking about Jesus Christ, which we are about to celebrate the birth of at Christmas time. The Apostle Paul knew that as well from the book of Galatians. Go ahead, TJ, to that next one. Galatians 4:4 says this: But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. And so from Isaiah, to John, to the Apostle Paul, and to you and I here this evening, there's one thing that's consistent. It's the faithfulness of our God above and His love for you and I. And so we maybe consider a sculpture like we would find in Chicago um, maybe a little bit depressing. But not when we know that our God above has redeemed us in time and the moments that he's given us on this earth. He did that by entering into history as Jesus Christ. He did that by living 33 years of his life, by laying down his life sacrificially on the cross so that our sins would be washed clean, so that we and our time would be redeemed, so that we would know that we have value, that we have service to our God above, and that our momentary time on this earth has purpose and has meaning. If we ever wonder about that, we need look no further than the cross. Because it's at the cross, it's at Christ's sacrifice that we see the value that he has placed on each and every one of us. And so God, our creator, who created time, entered time in order to wash our sins clean, which leads us to the consideration of our own time, the moments that God has given us on this earth. And so how have you been using your time Lately. Eh. <laughs> right? Um, I feel as though I have been working twice as hard as I ever did for about half the, the, the results. So um, it's slightly frustrating, to be honest. Here's confession time for you here tonight. Um, coming to it, we're incredibly blessed to be able to use Rin's sanctuary. But I realize how much a creature of habit I am because it's little things that don't work quite like I want them to. It's, it's feeling as though I'm flustered, trying to get everything ready before all of your wonderful faces come in the door. It's all of these little things that can be so frustrating and such a struggle. And it feels as though maybe we burn most of our time on just useless things. There's a story and illustration that maybe some of you have heard um, there was a little boy, and his dad was working long, long hours, really long hours. Uh, almost every night he'd miss dinner. He'd be home late. Uh, he'd come into the little boy's room at night, kiss him goodnight, tell him he'd see him in the morning. Usually he didn't. But this went on day after day, week after week. till one of those evenings, dad came back real, real late. And the son said, well, dad, um, what are you doing so late into each night? And the dad was tired and he was worn out and he'd put a lot of hours in that day. He was a little bit short with his son. he said, well, you know what I'm doing. I'm working, right? It's the reason why you have health insurance. It's the reason why you have a house. It's the reason why you have these toys. Like, he was a little bit short with his son. He said, you know why and what I'm doing. I'm working to take care of you. And so his son continued with a follow-up question. He said, well, how much do you get paid for the time that you put in at work. Like, how much do you make? And so now by this point, the dad's getting a little bit frustrated because it's bedtime, clearly, right? The son should be going to sleep. And the dad said, fine, um, I'll tell you what I make. I think uh, my whole package, everything in, I make about $50 an hour. So he said, "I can't. it's, it's insurance and it's all this stuff, but about $50 an hour is what, is what I make. And the son said, okay. He said, good night, Dad. That was the end of that night. The next night, Dad comes home late again. The son says to the father, can I borrow $22? And his dad's like, Wait, what do you need $22 for? And in his mind, once again, short temper, end of the day, he thinks, well, he surely wants to buy a new toy. He wants to buy a video game. He's just going to use this money for something. And so his dad's a little bit frustrated. He's like, why in the world would you need $22? And the son says, well, um, I can't tell you, but I, I just need $22. And his dad, by that point, is like, fine. Okay, fine, here, $22. The kid grabs it and he's got the biggest smile on his face and he's the happiest that he's ever been. And he reaches uh, underneath his pillow and he's got some more cash, wads of cash, and he's got some, some change and he, things like that. And he pulls them all out and he counts them up and the dad's watching, he's like, what in the world is this kid doing? Like, He's just wasting time, he's stalling, he's supposed to be in bed, and the kid presents all this money to his dad. And he said, here, it's $50. Now I get an hour of your time. Your time, our time is valuable, isn't it? The moments that God's given you on this earth are valuable. And so we have to ask ourselves, how do we use those moments for our God above and for the people that he's placed into our lives. And here's a not-so-secret secret. Your job and the things of this world will never stop taking your time and demanding it from you. And it's not big things. This is not like, let's leave church, I'm gonna go quit my job and just go hang out with my kids all day long, right? But because that's not how our world works, there are responsibilities that we have, but here's the reality is that those things all around you in the periphery will demand your time And it's a time creep because it'll take a second here and a minute there and an hour there and a weekend here and a week there until at the end, you wonder where all of your time went and you wonder if you had put your time into the places and into the people that you wanted to. I think it's important for us to consider that tonight. How do we use our time? I think three things we ought we want to ask ourselves first is take stock of our time how much time do we waste we marvel at being able to be online um and do you remember before the pandemic we used to wring our hands about how much screen time kids have have you heard any of that lately because the screen time our kids have is like through the roof and us too and how much of it is accomplishing what you want to accomplish for me, eh, not so much. I end up reading stupid stories on the internet over and over and over again, going down a rabbit hole where I, an hour goes by and you wonder where you've been. And so I think we need to take stock of our time. How are we using it right here, right now? Where is our time being placed? Right? The second thing I think we need to ask ourselves is how do we Uh, prioritize our time. What are the things that on paper we want to put our time into? What are the people that on paper we want to put our time into? And if you write those down, then ask yourself, are you actually doing that? And so we have to prioritize the people and the things that are important to us because if we don't, the world prioritizes it for us. And the last thing with our time is we need to follow through because plans that are on paper do no one any good. They don't help your loved ones, your family, your kids or the people around you. Ultimately, God has given us the, the ability, privilege to use our time. To use our time to give him honor and glory for having washed our sins clean and to use our time for the benefit of the people that he has placed into our lives. I think, if anything, that's what Isaiah is bringing for us here tonight. We need never doubt that our time is valuable. It was so valuable that Jesus Christ redeemed it and redeemed us through his death on the cross. And then we get the opportunity to use our time to give him glory, to share the good news that sins are forgiven, and to benefit and to love the people that God has placed into our lives. Amen.